You're listening to the Dirt on Dating Show with your host, Misha Noah. Get ready for real stories with everyday people on topics like the hottest dating apps, when to commit, and how to find a partner you actually click with. Whether you're on the prowl or spicing up your relationship, we've got the dirt to help you find success in today's digital dating world. Welcome to this episode of the Dirt on Dating Show. I'm Noah, and today we are going to take a glimpse into what it's like to date Carla. Carla is a dating and relationship coach. She's the author of the book, Contagious Love, and she does talks and workshops nationwide. Welcome to the show, Carla. How are you? I am doing great. How are you? Oh, fantastic. Really excited to talk about where you've been in your your adventure in love and romance. It's an adventure. Once was a big roller coaster, but absolutely. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Cool. And just as we get started, one thing I always like to ask is, is what is your relationship status now? And, um, and how long have you been in that? So I am in a relationship and uh, it's funny, my partner and I were just talking about this because we had a friend visiting that we met in Vietnam. And so long story short, we met in Vietnam. He's South African, I'm American. And we say officially it's been a little over two years. So that's the official, our official date. (laughs) Right on. And you, I assume you were doing dating coaching and all this before meeting your partner. I was actually, yeah, Yeah, I was, I was doing it all. What prompted you to get in there and help others with, with their dating and relationships? It's the question I always get. How does one become a dating and relationship coach? Which, mm-hmm. uh, you know, is a thing. It is. It's a real it's a real thing. Uh, long story short, I always say it started from my childhood. I didn't feel worthy. I never felt enough. And that was as a result from growing up with an abusive father. And so I was in codependent relationships, always looking for validation, always looking for love. And I wasn't able to take a step back and seek that within myself. And so I was looking for external, outside validation for all of that. And I took that out in intimate relationships. And it wasn't until my early 20s where I was in an abusive relationship. And it was in that moment that I just saw two paths in front of me. Mm -hmm. I saw this path of continuing self-sabotage, going over that over and over and over again, picking partners, recognizing it's a choice to be in a relationship like this who were not good for me versus stepping into the relationship with myself, choosing me for the first time, learning what red flags are, what communication is, what boundaries are, what I even want in a partner, all of those very important details. And so I ended that abusive relationship and I begun the most important relationship that I have today. And that's with myself. Mm -hmm. And so from there, I just thought, you know, I was working in television. I was a TV producer at the time, casting TV shows. And I thought, I am not the only one going through this who struggles with dating, who struggles with intimacy, struggles with codependency, relationships. And so that's how I began my journey with becoming a dating and relationship coach. That's beautiful. Yeah. And it's, I can feel the frustration in a lot of the the experiences that you've had. As you're figuring this stuff out, do you have a story in particular of a time that you you did have a a little bit of a codependent streak and, and what what happened? Like paint us a story so that our listeners can, you know, if they're going through something like that, they can say like, okay, I see myself in in this story. You know, I talk about this in my book, Contagious Love, Break Free from Codependency for Damn Good. And it's the story around Jake. And that was my abusive, toxic relationship that I really hit my rock bottom in. And 
maybe, maybe not. I can't diagnose Jake, but was a narcissist and really about himself. But I didn't see it that way. I really wanted that validation. I thought maybe there were some things that needed fixing in him. And I thought maybe I could fix it. Maybe I could help him, show him another way of living life. Well, let me just tell you, you can't fix anyone. All right. I learned the hard way, (laughs) but I was in this relationship. I noticed there were red flags and I kept painting red flags green. I kept pushing Mm. it down. I kept Mm -hmm. trying to justify with logic, but that gut feeling just kept coming up over and over again. And there were so many different avenues and facets of not getting along with my friends and family or saying comments that were degrading or misogynistic toward women. And I would just try to squirm my way out of it or squirm my way into logic and try to make sense of it, that it it was normal and it was healthy. But ultimately, that's what I always say brought me to my bottom of realizing, oh, this is actually really not healthy for me. This could be dangerous. Mm -hmm. It is dangerous. And I need to get out of it. There is no fixing. So if somebody is going to do what they're going to do, and this is what I always tell clients, whether it's drugs, alcohol, sex, mental health, whatever, and they're not going to address it and take care of it, there is nothing that you can do about it. You're powerless over it. And so really, ultimately, for me going into a relationship that was codependent like that and breaking free is what gave me the freedom to actually live my life the way I wanted to and not have to live for somebody else. And then how... How did you actually like do the break? So that's a great question. And this is, I think the statistic is it's six or seven times that somebody goes back to their abuser after a breakup. And so there were a couple times that, you know, there was trying to be a break and whatnot, but I would say ultimately it was a clean slate. Like I needed to commit to myself that it was done. It was over. And I was not going to go back. I was not going to talk to that person, reach out. I talk about in my book, how this person tried to contact me over and over again in different ways. And each time it was met with, please, you know, don't talk to me, don't contact me. And that is how I was able to break free from that relationship. Awesome. Okay. So let's, let's chat about early dating. Cause I think that a lot of times people on the show, especially like right now, if we're in the pandemic, people are having a hard time meeting people the usual way. So people are trying different things out. And I notice one of the recurring themes that I'll have people will have selective hearing when it comes to red flags sometimes early in the relationship. (laughs) You know, like you said, like painting Mm -hmm. the things green. Um, What are some strategies for being a, being okay with not finding the person that you're looking for if a date doesn't go so well and B, how do you know when someone does have some good signs and is worth pursuing? So God's rejection is God's protection. That's what I always say. It doesn't matter if you're religious, spiritual, whatever you believe in, right? Is when something, when you are rejected from something, you're protected from it, right? Or when one door closes, another one opens. And I was telling my client who was going on so many dates and she was just like, it's too many. You know, she's stacking the dates. I'm sure somebody here listening, date, you know, date stacks, couple dates a week, that kind of thing, which is not productive. I'll tell you that right now. (laughs) And, you know, it's date stacking and just getting discouraged, discouraged, discouraged. And ultimately I say, look, when you know what you want, when you realize, okay, this is my dating strategy. This is how I'm going after it, okay? When you get specific on that, then you're able to start to recognize, oh, I like this, I don't like that. I want this, oh, I need that. Oh, this person covers it. Oh, this person's a red flag. 
this is not what I want. Instead of showing up and just being like, well, I'll just take whatever's there. You know, this kind of idea of just, oh, well, I don't want to limit my options because then there's going to be absolutely nobody out here. And COVID is hard dating. So the fact that I even got a date and we don't mesh at all and there's some red flags, right? Like all of those inner dialogues that people have can be so toxic to yourself, right? Of just like, it's like panic. It's really panic at the end of the day. It's fear. It's you're worried maybe that you're not going to find somebody. And so think of it as you're one step closer to the right person when you get rejected, quote unquote. And I don't even like using the term rejected, but when you feel rejected, when you feel let down, it didn't work out. And the other thing too, is really taking a moment to strategize. How, how do you want to be in a relationship? What does that even look like to you? So often we're just so consumed by our own emotions that that's what we're acting off of. We're not taking a step back and really planning out, okay, this is what I need. These are my patterns. This is my behavior pattern. Okay. Where can I shift that? Right. So that I can attract healthy love. So I can Mm -hmm. find that right person. Mm, that's really awesome. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's get into actual strategies and tactics, right? You're getting out there. You're, you're maybe not quite stacking dates, but you're getting, you're, you're getting a little more adventurous and, and creative and, and you're, you're pushing yourself to go out and, and see new people. What are some ways in which you can have really awesome dates? It's all about your mindset. People think that it's like, if you say this right thing and you do this, or how many times, you know, should you ask about X, Y, and Z or not ask? ultimately have fun when you're dating. Okay. At the end of the day, the person wants to see and like vibe with you. They want to like connect on a deeper level. And if you're able to show up to a date and be authentic and be yourself and talk about things that interest you, the other person is going to vibe off your energy. Even if they're not hundred percent into your hobby or whatever, if you're talking about things that get you excited, at least you're enjoying yourself on the date ultimately. Mm -hmm. And so it's really comes down to all about mindset and thinking about what's holding you back. What's stopping you from really enjoying the dating process. There's something what I always call dating burnout. It's Mm -hmm. getting on the dating apps, deleting them, getting on them again, deleting them, right? Like that whole back and forth, or you go on a bad date, screw it. I'm going to be the single friend forever. Like, you know, whatever, all those, all those thoughts, right? But that's when you're taking yourself too serious when it comes to dating. And it's not to say that you shouldn't seriously date and look for somebody to connect with, but it's about your mindset. How do you want to show up for yourself? How are you showing up for yourself? All of those things. Those are just so important and vital that people overlook when it comes to dating. Absolutely. And then can we get like a little deeper and give some context into maybe a story of a time that you put this stuff into action after leaving your toxic relationship. And now you're applying this, these, these new skill sets. Take us to a, a date when everything started to click together. What exactly was different about this time? All right. So there was one time where I was dating and I realized soon on into this date that I was not interested in this person, right? Before I would have probably been quiet, awkward, beat around the bush of like seeing each other again, that kind of thing. And because I was so specific and so clear on what I wanted and didn't want, and that I felt confident in myself, okay, I was able just to say to this person, look, you're awesome. And I had a great time chatting with you, but ultimately I don't think we're like, we're a fit. Like we're just not a right match. And like, I wish you the best of luck. And being able to do that was so freeing because I wasn't taking myself so serious. Like I had before, right. Where I was so worried about getting in a relationship because that validated me on a really deep level. It's not what I was consciously thinking when I was going on dates and very codependent mindset, but it's ultimately what kind of gave me this need to just date and date and date and date until I found somebody that could love me. Right. 
So ultimately it's, it's being able to go on a date and to say like, Oh, this is what I want. Okay. And, and to feel confident with, with yourself, you know, I, I was dating super confidently after I broke free from codependency. I wasn't feeling self-conscious about, Oh, is, is, am I saying the right things? Am I not? What do we talk about? Because ultimately I was like, you know what? It's either going to work or it's not. I know what I'm looking for. And if they don't vibe with me, we don't match. That's okay too. That's the Mm -hmm. point of dating. It's like, we forget that when you go on dates, you're not supposed to decide that you're going to marry the person. It's just a first date to even see like, Mm -hmm. could we go further into an intimate relationship? Like, is that even a possibility? As you know, someone who has also had a lot of experience with codependency and trying to build that inner confidence and inner strength and just like that self-reliance, there's always a, a, a sort of a gravitational pull. It, it's kind of like there's a rut that will pull you back down to the edge of the cliff. How do you deal with that? Like knowing that there's always not the temptation, but the possibility of like rekindling or something triggering a codependency streak in you again. So how do you, how do you sort of maintain the trajectory without that danger? I think it's about having tools. It's learning how to manage around codependency, right? Because if you look at codependency, it's not something that you're just cured from. It's gone forever, whatever, right? There was something like you said, deeper inside that kind of pulled you back into that. But the more that you get confident with yourself, the more that you love yourself, the more that you find yourself worthy, you're no longer giving that to someone else, right? And so I would say, you know, this is what I work with all my clients as well with is getting a toolbox, right? And I talk about this in my book, Contagious Love, where it's like a backpack. You carry around this backpack of tools and you can pull them out at any time where it's like, okay, I'm starting to feel like I'm justifying. Maybe somebody's like, I'm justifying these red flags again. Okay, hold on. Take a step back. Ask yourself, why are you justifying it? What's going on inside with you that you're needing to just say, screw it. I want love, right? That's Mm -hmm. really what you're doing when you justify red flags. Or maybe it's the other side. Why am I trying to fix this person? What's going on within me right now that I'm trying to fix them? There's tons of different tools around breaking free from codependency. I've had clients do this and I did it myself. Looking in the mirror and just telling yourself that you love yourself, right? Mm -hmm. You got to hear it from yourself first in order to accept it fully from others. So it's doing simple things like that. Having your toolbox around that when you start to feel a little off or you're getting pulled back in, it's like... It's not, you're not falling down the hill. You're just, you just tripped. You can get back up again. Okay. So you got looking in the mirror, telling yourself you're beautiful. You're awesome. You're Mm -hmm. the king, whatever. What are some other tools in the toolbox? In the I like gratitude lists and I actually practice this on a daily basis. So having a gratitude list is so important because it pulls you back to where you are. A lot of times when you're codependent, you're either future tripping. So you're in the present or you're completely in the past or you're just straddling the present, right? That's what I say. One foot in the, in the future, one foot in the past, right? And so it's, it's bringing yourself back into reality, back into the present when you do a gratitude list. You're not worried about the future of what this person could be or whatever. It's like, what do you have today for yourself, right? Putting yourself first. Another thing that I talk about is getting a life. Okay. Codependents live for others. So Mm -hmm. I was telling a client one time when she first started working with me, I was like, girl, I say this in the nicest way possible, but it is time for you to get a life. 
And she just laughed out loud. She's like, you're so right. And that's including hobbies, like do things for yourself that you actually enjoy doing. That is getting a life, right? It's, it's not living around someone else's schedule. It's coming up with your own. Another tool is creating boundaries. Saying no is a full sentence. So if you don't want to do something or you feel obligated, it's okay to say no. Ultimately, yes, you might upset others because maybe you're a people pleaser and you've been a very yes, yes, yes person, but you've got to put yourself first in order to be able to show up to anything, relationships, work, you know, your finances, whatever that is. Well, very cool. So we are, we're working towards, towards wrapping up here. And as this is the dirt on dating show, I want to hear, uh, what's the wildest dating story that you've got? I have a dating story that was really bizarre that happened with someone famous living in LA. I don't want to say the person's name, but he is very well-known comedian. At the time, I mean, this was years and years and years ago. I was a production assistant. I had just moved to Los Angeles and I had to go pick up the mail in somebody's like office building and like deliver it or whatever. And so I was there and this guy was there and he was like talking to me and was like, damn, like them runs, you know, them runs, got them legs on point. And I was like, what is he talking about? He introduced himself, asked for my number. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Like, okay, dude. So anyways, I leave and I asked him, he said, Hey, it's me. He texted me. I said, okay, cool. What's your last name? Like you just are like, okay, this is your name. Like, are you going to tell me your name? Like he didn't tell me his name when he even introduced himself until he texted me. It was really bizarre. And so he said his last name, still didn't realize who he was at all. And then I Googled him and was like, oh shit, you're married and have children. No thanks. Like that's fucking weird. And so two months later goes by and he messages me again. And I just was not interested. And I was like, look, like I'm not interested in you. He'd gotten back from a comedy tour that he was doing. And I was just like, I'm not interested in you, dude. Four years later goes by and he finds me on Instagram. And literally I was just like, I told him, he asked me to lunch and I said, only as friends, because I'm going to be honest, I'm not interested in dating you. I don't care about like celebrity status or whatever. And people, when I told him like who he was, they're like, how don't you realize it's blah, blah, blah. Right. And I was like, I don't know. I guess I've never really watched those movies before, but anyways, he's got a lot of brothers. If that is a hint. (laughs) That's so awesome. Okay. So final question, what relationship book or sex toy would you recommend for our listeners? Obviously, Contagious Love is there, but other than that, what would you recommend? Okay, I'm going to say this for the single women out there that are listening. Amazon.com has tons of vibrators. So and I'm, I'm laughing about this because literally an Amazon worker was his, who's an essential worker was talking about this time period right now and about how he's like, I don't get how dildos are essential during COVID. And I was like, well, okay. We'll just leave him with that thought. But I just thought it was absolutely hilarious. And I think that if anybody wants anything during this time, especially during COVID where you're isolated, you can't really go to the store. Maybe you can where you are. I don't know. But I would say hit up amazon.com and literally just write in there like vibrators and there's a whole list of them. Absolutely essential. (laughs) Yeah. So... Awesome, Carla. It has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thanks for sharing your journey and so many good strategies for people to put into practice. 
So awesome. Thank you so much. It's super fun. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Don't forget to swing by Apple, leave us a positive review. We love those. And if you have any feedback for the show, let us know as well. Also, if you want to be featured on the show, drop me a DM on Instagram at follow Noah, or just hit us up on the website, dirtondating.com slash single. That's it for this one. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Dirt on Dating Show. We hope you enjoyed the ride. Stay safe, talk dirty, and we'll see you here tomorrow for another wild dating adventure.